0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain. TV slash go All right, folks, let's get back to Queen Maxima here at the International Monetary Fund October 2022 panel discussion on CBDCs.
1: Now, countries with limited financial infrastructure could also leapfrog directly to a CBDC arrangement, connecting to an inclusive, safe, and efficient payment system. But all these. Possible advantages are not a foregone conclusion. The implementation of any CBDCs would need to be accompanied by policy reforms and safeguards to address difficulties and risks. These include low level of financial and digital literacy and operational challenges, including cybersecurity. Policy reforms should also prevent disintermediation that is the danger that money will be held in large amount in CBDC wallets rather than as deposits in commercial banks.
0: Right, 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 right. So that's one of the things she's talking about here, is that large amounts of money will be stored in your CBDC wallet, your central bank wallet, instead of in the commercial banks. Again, I told you they have to get buy-in from the commercial banks. Uh, Even though all these guys are in bed together, folks, there's still human nature that comes into play. And so they have to make sure that they grease the wheels to get this system done it's a top-down system but they still need the worker bees to get on board with this now as we've explained in the show as far as the banks go Uh, these financial institutions, they utilize uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street to go in and make large investments in these companies through buying up shares and then controlling board seats. And so they can push these companies in various directions. You know, they can get the CEO out of there if he doesn't get on board with it. But that's what she's talking about there. All right. And so one of the ways and this is coming. This is coming. We went over this on the show. The programmable money, the expirable money. This goes back again, folks, to the founding of Technocracy Incorporated and to its uh, precursors, the uh, Technocracy Technology Alliance uh, and those folks, and this goes back to the energy certificate where you're not going to be allowed to build wealth. So if they issue the CBDCs for whatever reason, Social Security, Disability, UBI, whatever it may be, they can have them be expirable. So if you get 1,500 CBDC tokens today, they said, let's say that's equivalent to $1,500. They make that expire on the 30th or 31st of each month. So that way you have to spend it. This has all been talked about. This is
1: all in the works, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's continue. That could make it unavailable for lending, for mortgages, or working capital for small entrepreneurs. A good design of CBDCs could actually give people more control of their transactional data and the ability to share it with a wider set of financial sector providers. Now, you
0: ask yourself, who is she talking to? Is she talking to me? Is she talking to you? Giving people more access to their transactional data. I mean, folks, if you go out right now, if you're the typical American, Uh, Running around with your credit card or your debit card, tapping it at the grocery store. You can open your Wells Fargo, your Chase, your Bank of America, your TD Bank app, whatever bank you're using, and you can see your transactions. What is she talking about? More access to their transactional data to help you make better decisions and she's saying cbdc is going to be tied up in people's accounts and therefore it's not available for investment and all this other stuff it's fake it's fake cbdc runs the same as fiat currency it's fake it's a system of debt they they can mint tokens all they want ladies and gentlemen they not only control the monopoly board they have the ability to promote to, to print the monopoly dollars while they're running the game you know so if all the money's distributed in the game of monopoly they literally could sit there and turn on a printing press, print more money and fill up the bank. That's how it works. So it's so ridiculous what they're talking about here. And as if like you and I want to run around and look at more transactional data, what does that even mean? And I've seen them talk about this as one of the selling points in many lectures, in many white papers, and it's never explained. All right, let's continue.
1: Yet, growing concerns about data privacy would need to be addressed by hardwiring personal data protections into the structure of a CBDC personal
0: data protections all right that's the other thing right so one of the things they want you to believe this again this is part of the propaganda is uh if everyone goes to this new digital platform that some hacker some fat guy in his mom's basement in belarus right is gonna hack in and steal your data folks when you're transacting on this system the central bank is the centralized hub. All the transactions pass through the central bank. So if I buy something from you at your farm stand and I have to walk up with my phone and tap it against your phone to transfer the CBDC, that CBDC is going up into the cloud, through the central bank, and then down into your phone, into your account, all right? So the only data privacy you have to be worried about is the central central bank the people creating the system and that's not what they're talking about let's continue
1: it is clear that more dialogue research and trials are needed to show how and when cbdc's can best become engines of financial inclusion more- engines of
0: financial slavery that's what financial inclusion means okay means everyone will be on the slave system that's all it means get on the plantation. We need to get everybody that's what she's saying i'm just translating here uh from Queen's speak into layman's terms let's continue
1: work is needed to understand the unique value addition vis-a-vis existing payment system such as mobile money or real-time high-value digital payments so how to proceed further the bank for international settlements the imf and the world bank can help governments and certain banks to exchange knowledge and undertake research alongside academics such those as the MIT Media Lab.
0: Right, so she's talking about, as, as we told you, we went over this the other day, so it's the trifecta, the Bank for International Settlements founded in 1930, it's the bank for the central banks, the International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank, both of which were founded in 1944. Okay, out of the Bretton Woods Convention up there in New Hampshire, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what she's talking about. The trifecta of economic terrorists are working together to get this done. And don't worry, they're going to do financial education through their commercial bank partners, you know, to get everybody on board. What do people sit around in the lobby of a bank and they get educated on how to use their smartphone to do banking? I mean, give me a break. Let's continue.
1: Global platforms like the G20 and G7, can provide venues to develop common understanding and principles, and possibly even standards. Tech Sprints, like the one run by the Indonesian G20 team, with the BIS Innovation Hub, gave us a chance to see innovation, innovative private sector use cases and solutions.
0: Okay, so she's talking about the... uh... BIS, Bank for International Settlements, Innovation Hub. We did a show on that on their Enbridge project with their cross-border compatibility using Thailand, China, and others. So that's what she's talking about. And then we have this lady, CC here, Skingsley, who is the head of the BIS Innovation Hub. And you'll be hearing from her shortly.
1: And the World Bank, the GIC and possibly other donors can mobilize the finance needed to test and assist in the design and implementation of CBDCs in emerging economies. By bringing partners together, we can build more understanding on how to balance design choices between privacy protection and transparency, and to ensure both financial inclusion and financial integrity, and of course, stability. If designed properly, CBDCs could hold great promise to support digital financial systems that work for everyone. But that is a very important if.
0: Right, and when she's saying this, remember, she is speaking to the elites. She's speaking to the technocrats. She's speaking to the economic terrorists, right? That's a big if. This inclusion, inclusion. You see where she keeps saying it? Everyone needs to be included, included. All that is, folks, is when we design this, how do we make sure 100% of the people are on this system, forced into this system, no one is allowed to escape the system. That's all that means. Inclusion is this word that people get hung up on because they go, oh, we have to be inclusive. We have to have the brown boys and the Asian boys and the white boys and the Native American girls, and we have to be inclusive. See, it's a word that was introduced into the lexicon really heavily 20 years ago. And so when we hear it now, it tugs at people's heartstrings, and people perceive it to be something that is good, that is just, right? So what they do, she's beyond a a virtue singer with the word inclusion she's telling the bankers we got to make sure that we loop everyone into this system all right i'm not going to say that again but i want to make that point i want to make that point so you understand how devious and evil these people are let's continue
1: so i sincerely look forward to today's discussion and i thank you everyone for your commitment and please do not forget the inclusion dimension of this conversation thank you very much
0: Okay, all right, just saying it one more time. You hear how she closed it out? The inclusion dimension. The inclusion dimension. Do not forget the inclusion dimension of this conversation. Why? Because they have to force everyone into the trap, folks. If you want to have a system of total control, over the means of production and the distribution of goods and services, then you need to have everyone on board. And Dan Golbach is going to talk about this when he comes back out, I'm hoping, in the next two or three days. Uh, because he is going to talk about how they are going to drive everyone into this, and he believes, um, we may differ on this a bit, and we'll talk about it on the show, but he believes even the idea of homesteading will be out of the question, because if you still need money to be able to buy things, as I mentioned on the show before, if you need a John Deere tractor, uh, the guy who owns that, John Deere dealership isn't necessarily going to trade you for 25 sacks of potatoes that you grew. You're going to have to use money, and money is going to be CBDC. So they're going to be able to either program that to stop you from being able to buy the tractor, or they're going to take away your CBDC and freeze your account altogether because you own a homestead and you refuse to give up your piece of uh, rural farm property. So they have plenty of ways, folks, to drive you in. But remember, this is a system of inclusion. You will be included. You will be included in the slave plantation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a break from the slave plantation. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back from this break right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and we are dissecting central bank digital currency. Very, very key element in all of this. folks. So and we're going to be moving on past this topic shortly. I've got a couple more panel discussions to review with you and then we're going to loop back in Wide Awake Jim. And tie all this together uh, with a pretty little bow for you folks. And then we're going to start to talk about uh, solutions, move into the solution phase of this discussion. And I'm going to start getting into some other topics that I have been reviewing, some books I've been reading, bringing in a lot more information, because the more we are educated, the more we can start to design a better future for ourselves. That is the key to this whole entire show, The Dust and Gold Standard. This is what I'm working on, and it will get bigger. The messages will get clearer. The solutions will become more apparent as we move forward. Uh, And as I start to find my footing here, ladies and gentlemen, because right now I'm just in the educating phase. We do talk solutions, but I'm really in the educating phase of this. All right. I roll it back so you can hear the closing statement from Queen Maxima and then her big applause that she gets, folks, because she is so inclusive. Let's continue.
1: So I sincerely look forward to today's discussion. And I thank you, everyone, for your commitment. And please do not forget the inclusion dimension of this conversation. Thank you very much.
0: Yay, inclusion. And then Chris is coming back up to well, the stage.
2: You have been literally given a royal treatment on the topics of CBDC and financial inclusion.
0: Let us worship the royalty, a royal, royal treatment, ladies and gentlemen. So this is Chris, Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund. You saw her in the World Economic Forum panel discussion on CBDCs that we reviewed in episode 108, I believe it was, maybe 107. I can't even remember anymore, folks. We've done so many episodes at this point. All right, let's continue.
2: I told Her Majesty when we were coming in that uh, after her, my job would be much easier. I would be uh, I would have much less to say and I was right. So uh, bear with me uh, on giving you an image and then outlining three priorities for CBDCs to help. No, no, just
0: let me ask you, a quote, like, what did the queen say besides inclusion, inclusion, design, inclusion, inclusion? That's basically all she said. We have to include, include, this include, make sure the commercial banks get their cut of the action and we're ready to rock and roll. That's pretty much it. She could have just came up to the mic with a crown on. Uh, saying, I am the queen, long live the queen. And she just gets up there and says, look, make sure we drive everyone into the slave system, Uh, figure out how to bring some kind of Wi-Fi to the uh, rural areas in the Western countries and out to the mud huts in the uh, deserts of Mexico and uh, places like Africa, and then make sure the commercial banks get a slice of the action so these grifter scumbags get on board with the bigger grifter scumbags that I'm friends with at the central banks. All right, thanks. I'm the queen. Have a good day. It's pretty much what she could have said. Now they've got Chris here um, from the International Monetary Fund, and she just, this lady, the more I listen to her, I swear to God, my IQ just drops. It drops. It just drops listening to this woman. But let's continue. It's painful, folks. It's painful. But these are the people who rule over us. Ask yourself while you're listening to this or watching this. How do these people... I showed this to my wife. She said to me, how do these people end up in positions of power? I don't know, folks. I don't know. They couldn't find smarter people, but somehow, somehow they're advancing their cause. They're very organized and they get shit done ladies and gentlemen they do get her done get her done they get her done ladies and gentlemen all right let's continue with chris
2: here is the image we have been uh, talking this last couple of days of the difficult time we are in that our world economy is like a ship in choppy waters Okay,
0: so let me just ask you this, because we hear this too. And we know the history of the International Monetary Fund that she is the managing director of. We know the history of the World Bank. Both of those organizations founded in 1944. We know the history of the Bank for International Settlements, the Bank for the Central Banks, founded in 1930. Well, if these people are all in charge of the economy, the world economy, they come, they write checks, they start wars, they write checks to get you out of the war. They'll write a check to rebuild your uh, water supply, and they get to hijack it and be in control of it. These guys set the interest rates. They cause inflation. They cause deflation. They print the money. They mint the coins. Now they want to mint tokens, digital tokens. They control everything. So how is the economy destroyed worldwide if these people are so smart and they're in charge well, folks, they are smart, but they orchestrated this horrible economy, which is how they're driving you into the slave plantation. Think about it. If I wanted to move you onto an actual slave plantation, into Auschwitz concentration camp, what would I do? I would light your neighborhood on fire. You come running out of your house. I go, hey, I'm Dustin. We're here to save you. Get on the school bus. You and your family jump on the school bus and we drive you off to Auschwitz concentration camp. We bring you there. The giant golden gate opens. You drive in. They've got a chocolate water fountain. You think you're there at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. They bring out little Oompa Loompas dancing around with their orange Trump tans, they are going, loopa, it's me, Trump, how you doing? Unbelievable. Great. Glad you came here. And then they would give you a good hot meal, tell you, you just got to hang out for a couple weeks while they rebuild your neighborhood. You're just going to have to work here uh, to make ends meet. You go, okay, that's fine. And the next thing you do, they're beating you with whips uh, and executing those of you that can't work. I mean, seriously, this is what they're doing. This is who these people are. This is how devious they are, how brilliant they are. So they're collapsing the world economy as we've seen time and time again with the panic of 1893 that created the rise of eugenics and technocracy to the Great Depression that then brought in Social Security and the Social Security number all the way to World War II. All of a sudden they destroy all these countries. The World Bank comes in, the IMF comes in. They go, oh, we'll bail you out. We'll rebuild your countries. And now they have a system of total control. You see how it works. So when these people, these disgusting, filthy people stand up there, these economic terrorists stand up there, go, oh, it's such a difficult time. We went through COVID land, the high school theater production. We forced everyone worldwide to lock down their businesses. We destroyed small businesses and restaurants and bars. And now we screwed up the supply chains, which we control. Uh, They orchestrate the entire collapse, ladies and gentlemen, To drive you deeper into the technocratic slave plantation. So the solution to all of the problems they create, which they'll never admit they create, the solution to the problems they create is more technology. See, technology creates the problem and then the solution is more technology. Technology. And this is how it works, folks. Unfortunately, in the end, I think you're going to come to realize it might take you to episode 1000 because I don't really say it straight out, but that technology and humanity, technology and the natural world cannot coexist. I had someone on Twitter write me and said, you know, technology, you know, in the wrong hands is abused and it's used for uh, unintended uh, consequences. No. Everything that is created, the technology that is created by the creators is intended for the purpose it is used for, which is the total enslavement of humanity and will lead to lead to the engineering of humanity out of existence. It's doing exactly what it's intended to do. It just sickens me listening to this woman, this economic terrorist here, sit here and play stupid. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, folks. It goes to show how evil these people are. All right, let's continue.
2: Well, the image we can add to it is thinking of CBDCs as being a new fleet of ships, specially designed to be agile and to be able to withstand a choppier sea. They take people on new voyages, they open up new possibilities, and because they're issued by central banks, they offer more confidence that the ships would move safely. Yeah, the
0: ships will move safely, ladies and gentlemen. So don't worry. The CBDC is a new ship, and it's going to bring you out there through choppy waters. And uh, don't worry. Only 99 out of 100 of you are going to fall overboard and drown. I mean, it's disgusting. Disgusting listening to her. Is it not not just because of her voice and uh, just how annoying she is, but it's just disgusting. You can hear it. She's they're driving you right into Auschwitz concentration camp. I mean, I think you're smart enough to obviously understand this. You can read between the lines here. Oh, yes, we created these problems, but we have this wonderful vaccine for you, and now we're going to have digital currency. This is all about inclusion. It's all about freedom and liberty and your ability to prosper in this technological prison planet hellhole that we are building around you each and every waking moment of the day because that's what these people do, folks. They meet at places like this International Monetary Fund panel discussion to talk about how they're going to enslave you all right let's continue
2: like cash they're accessible for all but as her majesty said we have to step forward with caution and here are the three points of caution I would add first that we need to recognize the demand side dynamics better understanding of local barriers for inclusion, better understanding of why some payment instruments are preferred and others are not. Our capacity development experts on financial inclusion often see strong preference for cash, even when viable electronic alternatives exist, like uh, uh, e-wallets, mobile money. Why are consumers not using these products? Is it lack of trust in the payment service providers? Is it a preference for informality? Is it difficulty to access services? Or it is that it costs a little bit more for people for whom every penny accounts. We need to understand that so we can then make a proper uh, information provision that covers for people how not using cash is better to protect yourself against crime, and how if you use digital money, you can graduate from payments to credit. And that, of course, enhances financial inclusion. Okay, okay. So you got
0: what she said right there. And and this is important. All right, this is a plus for us. Uh, just like I broke down um, when we reviewed the World Economic Forum discussion on CBDCs and we talked about their pain points. It's important because I've heard them talk about this as well. What you're seeing here is they don't want to spark a full-blown, organic revolution, where we drag them out of their homes like Muammar Gaddafi and uh, pry their eyes out with a pickle fork, you know what I'm saying, with an hors d'oeuvre spoon, all right, they they don't want that to happen to them, and so this is what tells you they're actually flesh and blood, but they're saying there are certain people that want to transact in cash, how are we going to... To get those people to move over to this digital system. So we the elites, the haves, the rulers of the prison planet, the wardens, the social engineering class, we have to figure out how to socially engineer people into this system. Now, if you went back to Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated, he would say, if you don't want people using cash, just make it disappear Just get rid of it and force them into the CBDC. But I think what they're up against is that, let's say, all of a sudden, they got people like uh, my father. Let's say the Social Security recipients, 20% of this country. And overnight, they just said, you have to use a CBDC wallet, and you're not allowed to take that out in cash at an ATM. Someone like my father might snap. He actually might. I've had an in-depth conversation with him. I think he might snap. And there are plenty of people like this. So that is an issue for them. Uh, but if they are thinking about it, and Dan Golbach brought it up, that they could just run another pandemic, some really scary simulation like an Ebola style, and tell people that Ebola is growing all over the cash, it's dirty, and therefore the stores don't have it anymore. And if they can run that long enough, three, four, five, six months, people will eventually adopt it, and they'll just forget about it. And then when that pandemic ends, they just don't bring paper cash back. They just basically pull it all out of circulation so there's ways they can do this. This is what they're thinking about. But it's very good to hear her talk about it because remember, she's not talking to you and me. She's talking to the elites. The elites are talking amongst each other. We just happen to be analyzing what the elites are saying. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, more of this. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at
2: pain.tv slash gold